Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Man, it's good to be back in the studio. We missed a day yesterday, and I was like a fish out of water, man. I was gasping for air. Right? I didn't know that such a thing sounded like, actually. I didn't either. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Nobody does. And so, it, you know, it sounds good. Or at least it sounds the part. I don't know. <laughs> I just imagine that's what you'd sound like if you were gasping for air. All right, well, you know, I'll take a trip to an aquarium and I'll, I'll report back. Just stick your head in the water and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me if you see a little homie there while you're there. Oh, man. Tragic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, earlier in the show, I mentioned if the Raiders are in position to draft Caleb Williams or any of the top quarterbacks next year, that means they're, top, they're picking in the top 10 again. And things went tragically wrong. Raider Glenn Diesel, I like that name, hit me up on Twitter. What's up, Q? You don't have to have something go wrong, or in some cases, tank for Caleb Williams. Try and trade the seventh pick when Levis and AR-15 fall. Pick up a first and second round for next year in the trade back. So next year, you have two firsts and two seconds. Let Stiddy play and see what happens. Have a great day. Thanks. So again, try and trade the seventh pick. So when Levis and AR-15 are there, some team's going to trade up, and you get the first year, you get a first-round pick this year and a first-round pick next year. So you're assuming that that team that you trade with is going to give you their first pick for the next year as well, and that team's going to do really bad next year, and they're going to be picking in the top 10. That's, again, another gamble. Like I think, I I feel like if you're in position to draft Caleb Williams or any of those big-time quarterbacks next year, something went wrong. Exactly, and when people say that, if you think that it's worth mortgaging that much of the future on, do you think that that team is going to give that player up? If you're sitting at number one and let's say – Peyton Manning is available. I'm not giving up Peyton Manning if he's sitting there at number one. Right. I don't care if it is two, two first-round draft picks. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, Raiders Burner 91, we've been having a good show today with him. He hit us up again and said, last three years, Q, Bengals 4-11, then 10-7, and then 12-4. and 49ers 6-10, then 10-7, and then 13-4. and Eagles 4-11, then 9-8, and then 14-3. and A turnaround can happen when the team has patience. I know it's a, a bet, but it's a bet I'm willing to take. I respect it. I respect it. I think that you're in the minority but I respect it. I really do. Again, I respect all the opinions. If they don't agree with me, that's fine because I could be completely wrong. I'm just going to share with you my thoughts. How about your thoughts? Nat and Henderson, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? What's up, DeMond? So, look, man, I'm sticking with Stidham. Okay. And, uh, you know, I didn't go too far in the weeds on this, but I looked at some of Roger's stats from last year. And I tell you what, they're a little surprising, a little shocking. His completion percentage was 64.6%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Derek Carr's completion percentage was 60.8%. That ain't really that better. That ain't much better than Derek Carr. No, he had a down Check year for out. sure. He had a down year for sure. Check this out. Rodgers threw 12 interceptions last year. Carr threw 14 interceptions. I mean, what is this guy bringing to the table that we haven't already seen? I know this guy looks like the shiny, you know, coin in the freaking bucket of dull coins. <laughs> but when you start talking about writing checks, 
to the kind of money this guy wants. You have to go to what has this guy done for the last year or so. Okay. What win loss record? Eight and nine. What were we? Six and eleven. I mean, two more games, which we could have gotten maybe three more games with Stidham. This guy was eight and line eight and nine last season. I mean, his QBR rating was thirty nine point four. Passer rating ninety one point one. Each year from from twenty twenty one, every all of his stats have gone down. So to me. And look at this. I'm looking at his stats for 300-yard games. Last year, zero. So when you're writing checks, I'm not writing one. You know, the Raiders are. And I get, you know, what Rodgers looks like and what it feels like. But when you're writing checks for this kind of money, you're looking at what has this guy brought to the table in the last 12 months. And as far as I'm concerned, it's questionable for $60 million. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Great, great, great work on the on the details there, and uh, I think there's a lot to validate what you said. I think there's a lot of different scenarios that play into it, but again, I mean, the numbers are the numbers. They're what, what's out there, and I think we all have admitted that Aaron Rodgers had a down year the last year. Do I think he'd be a lot better with his old running buddy, Devontae Adams, and the weapons that the Raiders have? Sure, but again, that's just me thinking. That's just a gut feeling, so that's not something I know. So you bring up a very valid point. Let's go out to Raider Fish at Berkeley. Very patient, Raider Fish. What's up? On your, what's, welcome to the show, my man. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, glad to have you back. Uh, there's about three <laughs> things, if I may. He said, he said, hold on, man, hold on. Hi, hold on, how you say it's good, it's good to have you guys back? Are you talking about us back in the studio or, or back on your yeah. show? No, 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 no. Hey, boom, you know what? Hey, I'm so full of myself. Back on my telephone, but no, I'm glad there you to go. Uh, hear you guys back, baby. Now, I'm pretty, one thing I wanted to say is I'm appreciative, man, you know, to have this platform to share my humble opinions, and I'm hearing some people share my take. I wanted to clarify because it sounded like someone had my take about the, the first-round situation. So to clarify, trade the seven, you get a first-rounder next year and a second-rounder next year. Then next year you have two first-rounders and two second-rounders. Now, yeah, it is a gamble, but how you hedge the bet is that Drake Mays is the other. So you got two, two quarterbacks, and there may be a third one, but two generational quarterbacks, and somebody may want to trade you two first-rounders and two second-rounders. I just want to clarify that because people are sharing my take, and I'm appreciative. <laughs> the second piece I want to talk about was um, there's an analogy here. But let's say, Q, you pulled up to a radio station, right, and you a new booty, and, and, and you never, ever been behind the mic, okay? And this well-established radio station said, hey, dude, I want you to do exactly what we tell you, okay? If two or three or four high-profile uh, callers or guests call in, I want you to take them in this order. You'd be like, okay, cool, no problem. But if you're a seasoned veteran and you've been around a radio station a little while, even the most uh, world-renowned uh, producer or, or radio station will say, you know what, make a command decision. And where am I going with this is that it troubles me if what they're saying is true about McDaniels Man, if you got a nine-year vet, the dude should have some sort of autonomy at the line. So I'm hoping that any veteran quarterback, if we get one that pulls up, that McDaniel's like, okay, dude, you know what? In the heat of the moment, make a decision. So I'm just saying that's troubling if that's true. And my last piece is, hey, next season, if 
we get steady with it, baby. If we get steady with it, and I bit that from uh, someone who shared a tweet with me. Shout out to that person. But if we get steady with it, my expectation, real talk, is 9 to 11 wins because I know we're going to uh, do something to the O-line and D-line, and that's just my fish expectation. 9 to 11 wins with steady. Get steady with it. And that's all I got to say for now. Thank you for having me once again. Show up, show out, and holler just win, baby, when you go out. Right. There it is right there, Raider Fish in Berkeley. I like it, man. Great breakdowns on all three of your points. I really do uh, appreciate your uh, your input. It's great to hear from you. And I'll say this when it comes to the, you know, the making decisions at the line of scrimmage, that is something that's been, you know, brought up. That was something that David Carr had mentioned. You know, I know that that article's floating around there that Josh McDaniels didn't want Derek Carr to change his, the, the plays at the line of scrimmage or make a decision at the line of scrimmage. And that that's troublesome for a couple reasons. One, for the reason you mentioned. Nine-year veteran at this point should be able to make decisions at the line of scrimmage, right? I think that's a no-brainer. Two, the other reason why that's troubling is because he didn't have enough confidence in him to allow him to do that. So why? Right? Is it something that he saw that he didn't feel comfortable with giving him that kind of, that kind of leeway? Was it the same kind of leeway or lack of leeway that he gave Jarrett Stidham in the last two games? Or did he allow Jarrett Stidham to kind of you know, uh, manipulate things a little bit to his liking because, well, he knew what he was doing in his system. He felt comfortable with them. Those are some answers that I don't have. Maybe next week when we're at the Combine and we get a chance to meet with him, and I believe he'll talk on Tuesday or Wednesday. I think actually Tuesday and Wednesday. I think it's McDaniels on Tuesday and Ziggler on Wednesday. And now that I said it out loud, it's probably backwards. But whatever. They'll be talking next week. Maybe that's a question we could ask. I don't think he'll answer it straight up. You know, he'll, he'll give us a, a coach-speak type answer. But I think it's, I think it's a fair question. Because, again, you bring up a good point. That's rare that a veteran of nine years doesn't have the ability at the line of scrimmage to, like you said, make, make your own decisions or make his own decisions. But we also know it's the first year with McDaniels. And what year was it, DeMond, that we saw that video that many people replayed and they did it a lot on Twitter where he had gone, Carr had gone to the sideline uh, and, and asked Gruden, do you trust me now? That wasn't year one with Gruden. That was at least like year two or three. I think it was year three. Yeah, I want to say it was where at least the season before, I think it was the Vegas season. Yeah. The first Vegas season. I think so too. I think it was, and that would be what, 2020, right? Yes. Yeah, I feel like that that was probably the first year as well where he, he went to the sideline and was like, do you trust me now? So maybe there's something to that. Maybe we're the ones that are off. <laughs> maybe not the situation because, again, that's a couple years into that system. But thank you for your call, man. I do appreciate you. Avant Raider, you're up next. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Q? Tell I it, see this playing out three different ways. With a vet winner, like Rodgers, we go 500 at best. We stick with Stidham, and uh, we saw him lose games just like cars, threw a pick at the end, blew a lead. We got out coached. Or the third, we count on McDaniels to draft a rookie quarterback. He is the man who brought us minor league baseball player Tim Chibo. <laughs> so uh, it's all bad, man. It's all bad. <laughs> Playoff game winning quarterback. Guy. You know this. It's all bad. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Thank you. Thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. Good stuff. And uh, I mean, that's the thing. You know, like Dave Ziegler is is you know he's the guy who when he was hired uh, and everyone asked him the question. I don't remember who it was in the presser. We ran it here live on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. We weren't there. I remember someone asked him who makes the final calls. You or Josh? And he said, I do. So. That's the good thing about this situation, I do believe. At the end of the day, it's not the head coach calling the shots, and I, I think that for any coach. I'm not saying that in just in general with Josh. I think that you should have a GM that is the guy that lays the, you know, makes the final decision on everything. Put it on him. 
get the impact input from the coaches. It's just like it's just like with the radio stations. I got great ideas, but guess what? Natalie's got a rubber stamp on it, <laughs> right? I got to go to her and be like, so what do you think? And if she says no, then guess what? No. Because a coach will always say, man, wouldn't our offense be much better exactly. if we had this guy and that guy? And Dave Ziegler has to be the one, yeah, that would be great, but we don't have an infinite amount of money. Right. And I also have to think about, maybe let's say, the defensive side. Right. Or I remember Josh McDaniels, one of his early interviews, it was like with Sirius XM, and everybody was pointing out he only named offensive guys. Or he's like, I can't wait to get to work with Darren, with Hunter, with Josh. Right. With, and everybody's like, he didn't name a defensive player. Because <laughs> right. maybe, you know, yeah. the offensive coach is just like, oh, what can I do with this offense and then you got Dave that's like yeah but we got to allocate some of that money on the defensive side as well no doubt about it let's go out to the phone lines again Evan and Marietta you're up next welcome to the show hey Q I love your show appreciate all you do for Raider Nation um you know Aaron Rodgers is a 39 year old high maintenance diva making 50 million dollars a year but the Packers just cut all his friends and told them they're disgusted with him you know what give me Aaron Rodgers and we don't have to give up more than a second or third round pick and a pissed-off Aaron Rodgers is a tremendously positive Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. He will bring it. He'll be pissed off, and I would love to have him in that respect. And, and also, you know, uh, 30-year retired Army, micromanagers fail as leaders. I mean, that is just a pure micromanaging trait that Josh McDaniels has. And Aaron Rodgers, he would not be micromanaging Aaron Rodgers. So that's another positive thing. Um, as long as we don't give up a first, I'm all for it. Uh, second, I, you know what? Last year, I was so happy when I heard Ziegler uh, speak and McDaniel speak, and I was got so excited. I'm not going to fall for that again this year. I know you talked about how great they sounded. They sounded great last year. They're, they gave Carr a one-year prove-it deal. This is their prove-it deal. There you because go. Because I'm not, I'm not falling for it this year. Uh, they, they seem to go in multiple directions. I mean, to me, it doesn't make sense. You sign Devontae Adams, and then you release his buddy if it's not a long-term plan. I don't understand. They went in multiple directions. They signed a lot of Patriots uh, players, and it didn't work. This is their prove-it year, and I hope they have a plan. All I've heard is their plan. Well, you know what? Their plan better be better than last year. I have faith. I'm optimistic, but I'm not going to fall for it again. I appreciate all you do. Love you guys, and uh, go Raiders. Hey, great call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Yeah, he said he ain't falling for a banana in the tailpipe again. Like my late great-grandmother used to always say, just because it looks good, it feels good. Don't even mean it is good, you know? And, again, I didn't even know what that meant until later on in life. Then I realized, oh, oh, okay, okay. I know what that means now. Uh, Jason in Maryland hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r These colors are on drugs Stiddy ain't getting nowhere close to 9-11 to 11 wins. That's from Jason in Maryland, uh, Mailman Raider Max. Q, Tom Brady looked done his last two years in New England and had three of his best years at Tampa Bay. Change of scenery might be a good thing for Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, the thing about it is when Aaron Rodgers gets pissed off, going back to uh, Evan's call, he does play his best ball. What happened when the Packers drafted Jordan Love? All of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers became MVP, right? And then turned around and did it again. I mean, that's, 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 that's the realistic thing about it. And all his buddies, they're basically saying that they're not bringing him back. He has one of his buddies already here in Las Vegas at Devontae Adams. He has a run game. You know, that's one thing that I learned by studying Green Bay is what Aaron Jones does from the backfield is great for Aaron Rodgers in the run game and the pass game. I think Josh Jacobs would love to play with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there's a lot to like. And the defense, yes, needs to be improved. 
But how many of those one-score one losses the Raiders had last season do you think might have been dubs if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback? And that's not a slight to Derek Carr. I just think that Aaron Rodgers knows how to manipulate, especially the red zone, especially with Devontae, a little bit more. Because I'll tell you, even though Devontae had a hell of a season, hell of a season. I've said it so many times about leaving meat on the bone. I was surprised he wasn't targeted more in the red zone in 2022. That was one of my biggest surprises was that he was not the first and second option in the red zone when it, uh, when it all boiled down. I thought that they did not target him enough. Yeah, and you mentioned it, no slight to Derek Carr, but De- excuse me, Aaron Rodgers, let's say the Cardinals game, for instance. Mm-hmm. I don't think they get back in the game. Aaron Rodgers at home isn't giving up. Was that a 21-point lead at halftime? Yep, 20 nothing at halftime, yep. Aaron Rodgers isn't giving that up, but just the ability to make plays, to extend plays, and like Evan said, hey, if he's pissed off and he comes to the Raiders, it is going to be that little bit of something to prove. And I know people are saying he had a down year, but still – 65% completion rate, 26 touchdowns, and almost 3,700 yards. Where that's a down year, right? but that's still better than Derek Carr's year. There I you mean, go. come on, 26. Let, 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 let's quit kidding ourselves here. Jim from Yonkers hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Do we all know who Matt Flynn was? Jacobs, Adams, Crosby, and others want to win now. No more excuses. They made D.C. as the excuse. They got rid of the excuse. Jacobs is not, uh, is not dinging the franchise tag. Is not... I don't know what it says. It's not something with the franchise tag. Oh, it's not signing. There you go. It's not signing the franchise tag if Stidham is a starter. Thank you, Q and Damon. And thanks so much for that. I appreciate you. Uh, also, another text. Uh, Vegas Pete, if I'm trading for a quarterback, I want a guy who I could build a future with, like Mac Jones, who played well under McDaniels. Pat's missed his play call in 2022. I don't want a quarterback that's 40 with a one foot out the door. And there you go. There's a, you know, you see both sides of it. And that's the thing. It's both sides of the fence when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and it comes to the situation that the Raiders face themselves at the quarterback position. And I don't think any conversation or any argument for one side or the other is, is necessarily wrong. I think that you can make a valid argument. I'm in the camp of bring in the veteran, bring in Rodgers, make it happen, do what you do for the next two years and see how it goes. I, honestly, I don't care at the end of the year if he decides he's going to go in a dark hole. You know what? Sometimes I feel like I could go in a dark hole for a couple days. I think it'd be great, Right. I mean, seriously, like, I, I, honestly, I wouldn't really do it because, again, it feels like solitary confinement. But sometimes, don't you just want to get away? Don't they have a commercial? Want to get away? I mean, uh-huh. every once in a while, like when I went on vacation and I was gone for a week and I couldn't do any work. I left my computer at home. Guess what? That was the greatest week of my life because I didn't have I had no access to anything. Sometimes we need that. We need to hit the reset button and just decompress, get away from electronics, get away from crazy people, get away from normal people. Just Get away. Sometimes we all need to do that. I don't care if he decides to go on some retreat. I don't care if he acts like a diva. Who doesn't act like a diva in the league? Also, I just want to point this out as well, where Hendon Hooker, if they were to get Aaron Rodgers, that'd be a nice second or third round pick. Aaron Rodgers in his first season as a starting quarterback, started the season at 25, obviously, but turned 26 during that season. So, I mean, it's out there. (laughs) It's possible. Jason in Maryland said, DeMond's math is terrible. Rodgers didn't have better numbers than Carr. (laughs) Hey. I mean, hey, he can't do everything right. I mean, hey, I'll <laughs> he, be He's up there multitasking, Jason. <laughs> My bad, bro. He's, he's multitasking. Let's go out to Raider Mac real quick, then we'll take a break. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. What's up, fellas? Hey, great job. Uh, we missed you yesterday, man. It, 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 it was kind of boring with, without y'all yesterday. Uh, man, look. I don't care how we win and who we win with. <laughs> just win, damn. Right. Damn it. Just win. Man, I'm tired of losing. I mean, I don't know. You know, all these. I hear all this Raider Nation talking about 
bringing going with Stidham. They, I, you, if you go with Stidham, I guarantee you we'll be in last place. I'll bet anybody a thousand bucks that Stidham will not win that division. At least we have a chance with Aaron Rodgers or a young quarterback that can throw. Stidham is not the dude. He don't have that it factor, and it's just plain and simple. You can say whatever you want. He don't have that it factor. If he did, he'd be he'd be a franchise quarterback, and that's what we need in this division. And another thing, Q, uh, Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't care. Get whoever we need to get in here and McDaniels because McDaniels I'm telling you right now, Q. McDaniels, did you you remember when you brought in Ryan Clark? Yep. At, 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 during training camp, and what did he tell you? He told you the guys were not having fun yep. th- at the beginning of training camp, and that's the not only the Bronco fans. I mean, the Bronco players and people said the same thing about about McDaniel. McDaniel's is not a head coach material. He's a coordinator. Everybody cannot be a head coach. It's just simple as that. But we'll see what he do this year. Because I'm with the next call with the caller before is that if he doesn't do anything this year, we got it, it's got because you got to let Carr call. I, I'm not a Carr fan, but I tell you what, I, he had you should have gave him the respect to um, make changes at the line. Even Gruden made it gave him respect to do that. And McDaniel's, I'm, I'm not sold on him. But I just let you guys go. We got to win, man. I'm tired of losing. This two, we we've got two winning seasons out of 23. That is ridiculous. <laughs> we like the Detroit Lions. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you for the call. And that that was really the basis of the whole conversation when I started the show was that exact fact that you just said. Raider Nation is tired, tired of losing, and that's why I don't think in realistic times a four and you know, 13 season would be okay. I don't think a 6 and 11 season would be okay. A 7 and 9 season or 7 and 10, excuse me, season would be okay. I think Raider Nation would be angry about that. And I'll be selfish and say I would be angry about that. We had John McClain join the show at 3 o'clock and he said, man, I've never covered a champion. This is awesome. Right? Well, I haven't covered a winning football team either. You know, outside of 2016 and 2021 when they went to the playoffs. I mean, I've been doing podcasts for quite a while. Started out with the Black Hole Banter, moved up to Locked On. Now I'm here. That whole time, the Raiders have won twice. And I've been a fan a lot longer than that. <laughs> I've been arguing. I'm like Fargo. I was in the, in the sports bar arguing for the Raiders. Everywhere I went, they'd be like, oh, there goes Mr. Raider. Look out. He's going to argue for his team. And, and I would. Raider Nation cuts for their team. They wear that silver and black with pride. Right? That shield, we put that on our chest. Actually, I got it on my back. Right? I mean, that's, that's real. Like we're we are a product of that silver and black, but you know what? Damn, we don't we're we're tired of getting kicked. I'm tired of getting kicked when I'm down. I'm tired of being, you know, on on the ground and someone comes by and says, like, Oh, bloop. Oh, let me get that. You ain't using that. Right? <laughs> I mean, damn. It's about time to win. And Demond, you had you had a follow-up to Jason's take. Yeah, Q, just before we get the break, I gotta get this off my chest real quick because he said my numbers were way off. Uh, no, and I'll go. I'll break it down number by number. Derek Carr had 305 completions to Aaron Carr's 350. Aaron, Aaron who? Aaron Carr? Aaron Rodgers. That's it, Aaron Rodgers. You said Aaron Carr. Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you definitely me. said Aaron Carr. I don't think I did. <laughs> you did. Nope. Take the Derek Carr. <laughs> After the show, we got. I got you. 305 completions to 350. 502 attempts compared to 542 for Aaron Rodgers. 60% completion percentage for Derek Carr to 64 for Aaron Rodgers, 3,522 yards for Derek Carr, 
3,695 for Aaron Rodgers, 24 touchdowns compared to 26, and 14 interceptions that Derek Carr threw compared to 12 that Aaron Rodgers threw. Boom. So those are just the plain counting numbers. There it is. There it is. DeMond, let it be known that he can count. And uh, my guy, my guy, Raider Fish at Berkeley, actually hit us back, and then we'll take a break. I promise. On the dobybroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. We'll come back and hear from Dave Ziegler and also hear from you. He said, this is Raider Fish at Berkeley. I don't do drugs or drink. 11 wins, get steady with it. And Mr. Cotton is making sense today. LOL. I got y'all listeners fired up, huh? There you go. Raider Fish in Berkeley. It's always great to hear from you, brother. 425 is the time. We'll take a quick break come back calls text it's Raider Nation Radio now how you turn me off how you turn me off before I finish what are you doing over there it's Raider Nation Radio 920 now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q my man Fargo Raider who actually called earlier today hit us up by way of Twitter how do we know that we have a chance to win the division with Rodgers he's never played for McDaniels great question I just think that you feel like at least I would I can only speak for myself I would feel like the Raiders had a really good chance of winning a bunch of games. I feel like with Aaron Rodgers behind center, the Raiders would have a really good chance to win 10 games. And if you win 10 games, you have an opportunity to get to the playoffs. Look, I mean, he got nine wins, right? That's how many wins that they had this year, nine wins, with a team that really wasn't that impressive on paper. I mean, they had a bunch of new weapons, a bunch of young guys that he had no familiarity with, and I know he wouldn't have any familiarity with Waller or Renfro. I get that. But he does have familiarity with 17, and not not a nine-year gap in between years that they played together. Only a one-year difference. I think that that alone, just having that familiarity, that stuff that we talked about and we were waiting to see all year last year when it came to those guys getting on the same page and being able to read each other's body language without having to say a word, this, that, and the other, that'll come back. It's like riding a bike when they're only a year removed, let alone being removed from college throughout their whole NFL career and then all of a sudden trying to reinvent that magic and learn a new system at the same time. So, yeah, there's a lot of questions. Nothing is guaranteed. You could have, I mean, outside of Jesus, anyone else behind center, you're not, you're not guaranteed anything. I mean, really. Seriously. I mean, you're not guaranteed. It didn't matter if it was Tom Brady. It doesn't matter if it was Peyton Manning. It doesn't matter if it was Jim Plunkett, the snake. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can go through the history of quarterbacks. Joe Montana, nothing guarantees anything, but it gives you a fighting chance. There's certain guys that I'd like to, you know, go into a dark alley and know that they have my back with, right? And there's certain other guys that I'd like to go into a dark alley and know that they don't, you know, they ain't with me <laughs> because I know that I'm in trouble, right? There's certain cats. I'm not really going to go in that alley. I, I might change my mind and turn around because I know who's rolling with me. At least if you feel like you got, a, you got a chance, at least I would feel like you got a chance with Aaron Rodgers going into that dark alley. So uh, thank you so much for that tweet. I do appreciate you again, as always. It's great to hear from you. Robert in San Jose, you're up, man. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for taking my call to you. I was wondering if you had a chance to uh, look at Jake Hayner, uh, as we talked about last time. And what are you talking about giving up for Aaron Rodgers? Uh, this team is just not built the right way for so long and that's starting from both lines and working out and it's about time we have to as we as Raider fans have to acknowledge we haven't drafted well for a very long time. Uh, Reggie McKenzie had the good draft in 2014 but outside of that we haven't drafted well. We need to start with hope that Dave Ziegler knows what he's doing and can draft well and get a foundation for this team and just admit as to where we're at and go from there. 
Okay. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. As far as the compensation for Aaron Rodgers, that's a very good question. Because I would not want the Raiders to break the bank and just throw some stupid draft capital and even players at the Green Bay Packers. Um, we had uh, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus on earlier today, and he actually put out a piece about five trades that he'd like to see during the 2023 NFL offseason. And one was Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders. And he said the trade compensation, in his opinion, 2023 first, conditional 2024, which was the second that could become a first, depending on how much Aaron Rodgers played. If that's what it ended up being, as much as I wouldn't like it to go and trickle into 2024, I would be okay with two, two picks like that. Uh, a first and a second that, again, is conditional on playing time that could possibly be a first. And if everything goes right, and I know that's a big if, in capital letters, if everything goes right, that first round pick in 2024 is a, is a late round pick. A very late, not late round pick, but a late first round pick is, is what I should say. If everything goes wrong, then it's a really early pick in, in, in 2024 and you're in trouble. And if you want to go check the archives, our February 16th show, we had Paul Leffler on, and he gave a breakdown about Jake Hayner. Right, exactly. And we, we, we immediately said, if we said we're going to do a breakdown on someone, we're going to do that breakdown. And we had, uh, we had Paul Leffler on, like, like DeMond mentioned, talking about Jake Hayner. And what I got from him was, he's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback that's probably going to need some, some pl- plenty of time to, to develop, to sit, a couple years. That's what I got for the conversation. Yeah, and he's going to be someone that's obviously there in the later rounds, but he's not just and from everything that we can put together is he's not the guy right now. Right. It's going to take some time to develop and even if he is even if he does develop because he is a smaller guy, is he going to be able to stay healthy and our team's going to give him a shot. Where Brock Purdy, he was the man, but he he was the third string quarterback. Right. Two guys in front of him had to have season-ending injuries for him to get that shot. So for Jake Hayner, maybe it's three years down the road, but I don't think he's the guy for the Raiders because they need something immediate. Right. It felt like to me when we finished up that conversation, that was just one person's opinion, but he was the voice of the Fresno State Bulldogs or is the, the voice of the Fresno State Bulldogs. It felt like to me Jake Hayner will probably be a really good backup in the league. That's the conversation. That's what I really – that was the end-all, be-all I got. But, again, that's just one person's opinion, and that's my takeaway from that one person's opinion. Houston in L.A., you're up next. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up, Q? Hey, let me let me just say this. Uh, peace to everybody. Hope everybody's doing well and all that good stuff. Now, to kind of, like, elaborate on your great, you know, example you gave, man, way back in the days – in my other uh, state of mind, I'm 15 years sober, which is a great thing. Nice, you know, life, life is smooth, you know what I mean? But in my drunker days in South Central LA, man, I went to an underground strip club with my boy, and my boy wasn't a fighter, but it was my fault I was tripping, no doubt. But he, I didn't know he wasn't a fighter, so, and I, it was about 11 of them on me. Woo, 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 this and that or whatever. I was happy I got out alive. I was looking for my boy, he was nowhere. Dude called me back like two and a half hours later said, man, can you pick me up, man? I get it. So make a long story short, dude, you have to make sure that what you do, you know, you, you got the right kind of people around. But I don't do that anymore. I'm not even that kind of person, bro. But it's just a trip because that kind of had, had me bugging as far as your examples. Right, you the right. People. But after that, real quick, because I want to take up all the time. Man, I've been going back and forth with this Aaron Rodgers stuff, dude. Like, like I've been wanting Aaron Rodgers, but I don't want to give up a lot. Right. And 
I'm just going to be honest with you and, and, and say that it's kind of redundant on my proposal because these guys ain't going to be out of here. Like, they, they'll be out of here if they have another season like they did this mm-hmm. year. My guy is Caleb Williams from South Central L.A., man, USC, dude. And, you know, I love USC. So it could be USC blinders, but he was like the truth. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it may cost us, you know, losing to get that kind of dude and trading up and all that kind of stuff. So if you're going to trade up, trade up next year. But I think it's redundant because they ain't got time. Right, right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Great call. And congratulations, man, on the sobriety. That's awesome. Uh, great to hear. And, uh, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, I think Caleb Williams is fantastic. Eisman Trophy winner, I think he's going to be the real deal truth. Right, and I think there's a couple of them in in next year's draft that are going to be the real deal truth. I think the quarterback class in next year's draft is way better than the quarterback class in this year's draft. Really, I mean, I'm looking at Bryce Young as that would be the guy that I'm really excited about. Of course, his size is something that's concerning. I just don't think that there's a realistic chance that the Raiders were to get him, and so I would. I hate to use the word settle because that sounds bad, but I would settle for C.J. Stroud. I'm comfortable with those two guys as first round picks. If you go and get a guy later into the draft, that's fine. If you go get a guy like a Hendon Hooker, say, in round two, maybe even round three, and he doesn't work out, fine. He didn't work out second-round pick, third-round pick, fine, whatever. Maybe he could be a glorified backup at some point. You have to get that, that young dude at some point. But I, th- I feel like if you have an Aaron Rodgers set in, you know, starting in 2023, it buys you a little bit of time to find the guy. Find the guy who the quarterback is going to be of the future. Right, that that's that's and it still gives the team a chance to win, because at the end of the day, man, winning is what it's all about. If you're not playing to win, what are you doing? That's that's my point. At some point, man, they got to win. You know, when little Q hits me up and and says, "Oh yeah, I'm watching the Super Bowl and I'm I'm, I'm pulling for the Chiefs because I want to see a team win," that hurts my soul. Right, I raised them better than that. But hell, he knows good football when he sees it. He ain't no dummy, right? <laughs> Talking about a college athlete. There's only so much brainwashing I can do before he's like, yeah, Dad, this has been great, but, man, come on. Patrick Mahomes is awesome. I can't even argue. Look, he was like, you didn't have to dime me out there like that. <laughs> he's going to come to Vegas and catch an catch L. No, he won't. He'll be just fine. But, no, seriously, like, I mean, and I can't, I can't blame him. I can't blame anyone who's like, you know, that team is really fun to watch. I like that team. They could have done that with either of the, the Super Bowl teams, the, the Eagles or the Chiefs. I enjoyed watching the Eagles. I ain't going to lie. I like Jalen Hurts a lot. I enjoyed watching the Eagles. I was hoping they were going to win that Super Bowl. But they were fun to watch as a team. It's, it's fun to watch a winner. It really is. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing Winning's cool. All. Winning is a cool thing. 439 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. We'll close out the show strong. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a few minutes left in today's show. And, man, we've been on fire. Been on fire on today's show. We do appreciate you, Raider Nation, for making that ha- ha- that happen, making that possible here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, 2 to 5 p.m. We're holding it down. Again, plenty of great calls and great text. And, of course, our guests, Ed Graney, John McClain, and Brad Spielberger today really helped bless the, the radio as well. We'll take one more call, and I do want you to hear a little bit of sound from Dave Ziegler as he was on the Bustin' with the Boys podcast. But let's go out to uh, our friend Juan the Smasher. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Juan? What's up, Q? What's going on? I'm chilling, man, chilling. I know, that's right. Hey, Q, if we ride with Diddy, I'm going to tell you this right now. 
we're probably going to be that nine nine range or ten range. But I'm just hoping for the best because I'm just naive and I don't know I don't know too well, <laughs> you know. But uh, it's it's like like me last year. I was over here saying we we're going to win it all and this and that. I was talking my trash and I was the only guy at work, just you know, just taking it from everyone and all these Chiefs fans. So that's that's just going to be it. So. If we ride with City, that's my mark, that 9 to 10 range. And also, hey, this one's for DeMond. Hey, I'm going to go check out that app, man. Uh, that boy Kane going to do his thing. Hey, thank you, Q, for everything you do. Let's go Raiders. All right, great call, Juan. I'll tell you, I don't know how excited you're going to be by that movie. I saw that movie yesterday. It wasn't all that. Kane was a legendary fool, though. Who was that? Was that the guy who I thought was Candyman? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, do have, I do have a little bit of... It's not breaking news, but I do have something that hurt my feelings that I have to reveal before the show's over. There's one thing that hurt my feelings, and for no reason. It's like the dumbest reason my feeling could ever be hurt, but literally when I saw it today, it hurt my feelings. We'll tell you that about 4.50, so in about four minutes. I do want to hear from Dave Ziegler, though, on Busted with the Boys. And uh, Dave Ziegler, we'll have an opportunity to talk to him next week in Indy at the Combine, so I'm excited about that. But off top, we already let you hear the sounds about the Raiders have to do th- – things right and they have pressure trying to find the next guy after moving on from car and then also not diverting away from the plan but want you to hear about dave ziggler talking about releasing car was that the best decision for the silver and black yeah you and and i'd be lying if i said you don't hear it all you know what i mean or most of it like you do (laughs) it's hard not to hear you know on any of the decisions that you make and so yeah, you just got to trust, you got to trust your, you know, trust your gut and and you have to um, be convicted on the decisions that you make and um, have a plan and a reason for doing it. And I'm not going to get into all that, but, you know, there's a plan and a reason for every decision. And, and um, you know, like ultimately you, you have to, you have to feel like you're making the de- best decision for the Raiders, whether it's, you know, in the short term or the long term. And, and ultimately that's what, you know, that's what we did in that situation. Yeah. Ma'am, this has been an outstanding. So there's, there's uh, Dave Ziegler on the Bustle with the Boys podcast talking about, you know, hearing the noise after releasing Derek Carr, and they had to make a decision that was the best decision for the franchise. And, DeMond, I know we already played the soundbite about, you know, having to get it right uh, after moving on, but let's go ahead and play that again for anyone who's just tuning in. Here's Dave Ziegler talking about uh, the pressure on getting it right with the next quarterback, which is what we've been talking about throughout the course of the show. That's the reality of it because it's the quarterback. Right. It's the most important position on the team. I mean, it really is. Yeah. So, like, um, yeah, like the, at the end of the day, like I'm in charge of myself, and you know, our group we're in charge of um, filling the most important position on the team. And so, yeah, there's some, you know, there's um, there's some uh, there's some pressure that comes along with that. And and however we fill it, it doesn't mean we're going to have an immediate answer. You know, this year. You know what I mean? And so, um, but at the end of the day, we have to have an answer. Right. You know, in some form or fashion, you know, and so, yeah, there's pressure that comes along with it. And, and, um, again, that's also part of the excitement too, is that pressure is finding that guy. Um, and, uh, you know, that'll be the next task. Dave Ziegler right there. Busted with the boys podcast. Got a text from geese mode. Don't be broke.com text on a six, nine, one, eight, seven keyword R and R. Some of y'all saying heads the bet for next year, trade everything for next year's Caleb Williams. Y'all operating on the slogan, just lose baby. That's not the Raider nation I grew up with. And no, we're not playing to lose, and we're not rolling with the backup at the end uh, as the end-all be-all. Just win, baby, and uh, we are on the clock. Let's go. That's from Geese Mode. Definitely appreciate that. And so uh, one more soundbite that we heard earlier uh, was about not diverting away from the plan. Basically sounds like he's not going to give up the farm to go out and make a big move and could potentially roll with the guy like Jared Stidham. 
for the Raiders to be a team that's everybody looks at and says like, like, like the Green Bay Packers and the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers, like they're always kind of around. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They may have a down year here or there, but when you look at the longevity of those teams, and there's more that I could name besides those teams, those are the ones that popped up in my head. Patriots, you right. know, being another one. <laughs> yeah. Like they're so, always yeah. they're always kind of around. And 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 I believe we're gonna get there. Um uh, doing it the way that we're gonna, the the way that we want to do it, but I don't. I'm not gonna do anything and and divert for that because I'm like scared of something or, or trying keep, to like keep keep you know keep your job. Buy two more, actually, I'm yeah. gonna buy two more years if we do this or that. Like yeah. I just that's not how I'm wired. I'm not gonna right. go down like that. So there's Dave Ziegler just talking about you know what he's not willing to do. And again, it makes it sound like as someone else pointed out on our don'tbebroke.com text line, he's just not willing to mortgage the future which goes back to a caller we just had, like, what are you willing to give up for Aaron Rodgers? And, again, if you give up first round this pick or this year, fine. If you give up another pick, that's fine. A later round pick, cool. Uh, you know, but just not too much. You know, just not – you're definitely not giving up what Lamar Jackson is going to be asking for or what the Ravens would be asking for for Lamar Jackson. It's got to be something, and I think conditional, like Brad Spielberger pointed out, makes sense – because you just don't know every year, okay, maybe he's going to play two more years, maybe he's going to play three more years, maybe he's done after this year. Maybe halfway through the season, he's like, you know what, this ain't for me, I'm going to go back into the dark. I, I mean, you just don't know. But you do know he's a hell of a quarterback. I don't think there's any denying that. Yeah, and we also just don't know yet. Maybe it's not a first-round pick that the that the Packers could get for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe it is two seconds. Right. And then, hey, now you're cooking with grease right. that you can get Aaron Rodgers for two seconds. And like you said, he's not going to try to make a move to try to buy himself two more years. Hey, maybe you can get another year. Then Now, if you get the rookie quarterback in the 2024 draft, well, he's got to develop now, so maybe that's how it works out. But I like that he's putting it all out there. I said, hey, he's not going to go out like that. That's that's not his style. I like everything that he said in this podcast. Yeah, it was some really good stuff. One more soundbite that's a little bit lengthier is about what the team needs to win or what the team needs to do to be able to win those one-score games, which they did not do, obviously, in 2022. Yeah, we, we, I think we lost what it was, eight one-score games, you know? And, and again, like at the end of the day, we weren't good enough. Um, that's the fact of the matter to win those games. And so I think when you look at them, a lot of games in football and a lot of our games this year, there's three or four plays in each game that were um, that, that didn't go our way. And so you start to dig in why. Like you have to start asking the question why. You know, why didn't they go that way? And and again, some of them, there's there's a lot of different reasons. I would say um, the one thing for that, that I think is important to have, to being able to, I'll say it like this. I think the thing that's important to win those close games is you have to have people that, um, you have to have a group of 11 guys that in those critical moments can all execute their assignment um, and be synchronized with each other. And um, I think at times we just, we weren't able to do that for whatever the reason is. Do you know what I mean? And, and there's could be a lot of reasons to that. And I, I think that, and I've talked about this in other interviews. I think one thing that's important to me in terms of building the team and improving the team is improving also, I think, our, the football intelligence on our team. Yeah, situational um, awareness. Situational football, situational awareness, and, and some some of that comes from who you're bringing in. Some of that comes from how you you know how you teach it, um, and 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 all those things kind of come together. But building a smart, tough, physical football team that can perform in the critical situations is 
kind of the philosophy um, and is something that's really important to, to, to us um, as, as a Raider organization. And so I think to do that, we have to continue to find the pieces um, in, in the different rooms, whether it's the linebacker room, whether it's the defensive back room, the receiver room, whatever, um, find players that embody that and that can do that in those critical moments. And, and I think those are some of the, if we can do that, I think we'll eventually we'll end up turning the tides on those close games and those close games will be the games that we win. Situational football. That's what I'll, I'll take away, and I'll just really emphasize on that. Situational football, being smart in situational football, not getting a penalty when you're trying to stop a team from going 98 yards and scoring a touchdown at the end of the game like the, the Rams game. Not, not having a dumb penalty. You know, on fourth and one, not having a false start when you're trying to set yourself up for success. So many different situations. That's what he's talking about when he's talking about the players that he's looking at. And so a lot of it has to do with the right personnel that understands situations, has a high football IQ. And that's something that we heard from the moment Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels took over. They're looking for players with high football IQ. Bottom line. Yeah, high football IQ. And also what he said there, I'm going to mix up his words a little bit here, but being able to perform in those critical situations. When the game is on the line, do they have the players that, I'm not saying fear or scared, but can you perform when the game's on the line? Because it's easy to make a good play in the first quarter, but can you also make that play in the fourth quarter? Right, exactly, exactly right. So that's uh, some good stuff, really good stuff on Busting with the Boys. We only played a few of the sound sound uh, bites from it. Uh, we definitely encourage you to go listen to the whole thing. It was like, what, two hours long just about? Oh, yeah, it was a long one. I yeah. was up at 8 a.m. listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> right, so so there's that. But, uh, yeah, just definitely go check it out. Lots of good stuff to unpack, and, of course, we'll have more sound from it later on, uh, probably tomorrow, maybe even uh, Thursday as well. I mean, there's plenty to take away from what – he had to say. So good stuff and great job by, uh, you know, uh, Will Compton and Taylor Lewan busting with the boys to get GM Dave Ziegler on the podcast. Now, oh, we only got a minute left? Yeah, man. So go ahead and tell us what made you so upset. The brat. That was my crush growing up. I was in love with the brat before I realized she wasn't in love with me. And that's a whole nother conversation. The brat at age 48 is pregnant. At age 48, the brat tat tat is pregnant. Her and her wife. Jessica Judy are out to have a baby. Jessica's had multiple kids already. The brat, this is the first time that she's going to have a child. The brat was my ish. Like that was, I knew every lyric to every song on the Functified album. That was my go-to. The brat was, that was my wheelhouse right there. And in the People magazine that she's on, I believe it's the People magazine that she's on the cover of, pregnant, and maybe it's not People, but it's a magazine. I saw it earlier today. She looks great. She looks great. She looks happy. She's glowing. You know, all the good things that they say about pregnant people. But the Brad at 48 is pregnant. What's the world coming to us? Randish Radio 920.